Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So here we are, we're at week four of six in our series, uh, travelling through uh, the book of Galatians. Last week, just as a refresher, we talked about the struggle for righteousness, the struggle for righteousness. And so we talked about how we're all seeking righteousness. It doesn't matter whether you're a Christian or uh, you're exploring Christianity or wherever you are, every person is actually striving for and seeking and wants righteousness. And we saw that as we strive for it in so many different areas of our lives, there's also that deep knowledge that sits deep, deep, deep down within our souls that in and of ourselves, we're not. We're not what we're striving after, and we know it. And so we talked about how uh, many people can struggle just to look in the mirror, struggle to look in the mirror because they're actually uh, confronted by what's looking back at them and, and see all the flaws and imperfections. Uh, and you might remember we talked about home movies and actually seeing ourselves in home movies and hearing uh, recordings of our voice that cause us to cringe. And then, of course, actually uh, how our conscience can't cope. Our conscience can't cope trying to bear the weight of all our sins and all our flaws. And it can lead us to actually think that God the Father is actually just downright disappointed and angry with us all of the time. And that led us to the scandal, which is the righteousness of faith. And it is scandalous and that through the power of Christ crucified for your sins and raised for your justification by pure, wonderful, joyful grace, the Heavenly Father gives you what you truly need without your striving. He gives it to you. How wonderful is that? He just gives it to you um, and, and blesses you in that. And it's not only that you're not striving and it's not only that God isn't not angry at you, but that he's actually pleased with you, that your father actually rejoices over you, seeing you in his son Jesus, who was sent not to condemn the world, but to what? But to save the world through him. So let me read to you from Galatians chapter 3 this morning. Before the coming of this faith, says Paul, we were held in custody under the law, locked up, until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Let's pray. Father, by your Spirit, give us faith and trust in Jesus. Release us from the custody of the law to walk, even to dance in the joy and freedom of our glorious inheritance, ours by grace through faith in your Son. Please now, as you speak, give us receptive hearts and fill us with the joy of the Holy Spirit. For we pray in the precious name of Jesus. 
Amen. So far as we've gone through Galatians, we've, we've heard words like flesh and spirit and righteousness and, and, and justification and all these wonderful words. And today there's a different emphasis. We're, we're going to hear about words like law, promise, spirit, sonship, adoption. These are the words that are actually in uh, Galatians 3, 15 through, uh, through to chapter 4, verse 7. And there's an important reason why it's there. And, and the reason I give you that, that introduction of where we've come from is it's important as to where we stand today in Galatians chapter 3 because this is not easy. This is not easy. And even as I was driving here this morning, I was still uneasy about what I would say because it's, it's hard. It's hard to get your head around. And the emphasis, what Paul's talking about, he's talking about... You have to dig deeper and, and I have to ask you this morning to kind of lift up as well and, and switch on your ears and open your Bible if you've got it there, your pew Bible, and look at it and it might be that you go home today and you open it up again and read through it again and, and go over it because it's not easy. I've struggled with this, wrestled with it. Paul started out in, in Galatians chapter 3 saying, uh, did you receive the Spirit? He's talking to Christians. Did you receive the Spirit through works of the law? Or did you receive the Spirit through hearing with faith? He's talking about a relationship to the law of God and your relationship to God your Father. It, it, it's big what we're talking about here. And I, I want to talk about it because... You know, where we've come from, we've been talking about you're not justified through works of the law. Um, you, you're striving to keep the law will not make you acceptable and loved by God. And so, you know, you, you can have these kind of word associations going off in your head where you think gospel and grace and promise, that's good. Law of God, bad. Law is bad. And it's not actually the case. The law of the Lord is wonderful and beautiful and praiseworthy. The fulfillment of the, of the law of God is what you will experience in heaven. It will be completely fulfilled for you in heaven. So the law is good. It's not a bad thing, but it is a bad thing when the law of God is misused, when, when Christians and, uh, don't understand its place and its function and its purpose, it becomes skewed and you end up in this really horrible situation like the churches in the region of Galatia are actually in, which leads Paul to actually speak to them the way he does. The law's not a bad thing. And I want to say that even if you are very much aware that that you don't live it out perfectly in your own strength. It doesn't make the law a bad thing. It's good, it's wonderful, it's perfect. The whole counsel of God is perfect. But if you think about how the Pharisees were using the law, they were using it in a way that God never intended it to be used because they, they thought that if they kept it and if they followed it and if they created a whole lot more laws as well and everyone walked according to that that you would be righteous and acceptable to God and, and God never intended it to be used that way and so what happened in the Galatians church you remember they came in and they're saying well Jesus is great but remember 
Jesus plus circumcision, plus food laws, plus following all the laws of Moses, that was what makes you acceptable. And they're using the law in a way that it was never intended to be used. And this actually hits home and it becomes very, very relevant to every single one of us as Christians because this is still happening in the contemporary Christian church. It's not just something that happened in Galatia. It happens in the contemporary Christian church. So what happens when, when we use God's gifts, the gift of his law, the gift of his word in ways that he never intended it to be used? What happens? Well, here's your picture in Galatians. You, you start to forget who you really are. Your relationship between, with the law, with the word of God and how you understand it and how you understand your adoption to sonship, it all becomes messed up and skewed. And God doesn't want that. He wants us to understand and celebrate and, and actually get why he did that. So as we look at what was happening in Galatia, think about why Paul last week needed to publicly confront Peter and all the Jews and the Gentiles. Why did he have to do that? Because, because the law was being used the wrong way. And, and so by misapplying it and using it in a way that God never intended as a way to righteousness and acceptance by God it began to splinter and separate not only Peter from the, uh, the Gentiles, but also Jews from Gentiles. It started to divide the churches and, and split people apart. It was driving a wedge between congregations. And, and Paul's here saying, you haven't understood God's purposes in establishing the law or how it came to be that you even received the Holy Spirit and adoption to sonship. You've missed it. You need to hear the gospel again. And so I'm going to give you this big illustration in Galatians chapter 3. I'm going to paint a picture for you that actually describes where you've come from and where you actually stand today. And I'm going to clarify that relationship for you so that you understand your relationship to the law before you came to know Jesus and your relationship to the law and to your father after you heard the word of faith and you, you were given the Holy Spirit. I'm going to clarify this relationship for you so that you can stop striving to earn God's favor, that you stop misusing and misunderstanding God's purposes. And the difference is profound because if they keep going down this wrong path of striving for God's favor, of trying to follow a rule book to get right with him, then they're going to be living under a curse all the way back to Deuteronomy, living under a curse, where you spend your life striving for God's acceptance and never attaining it, which would drive you to a frenzied despair. It's the difference between that and the difference between being declared a child and an inheritor and an heir of all of God's promises through repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. Massive difference. Under a curse, sonship adopted, inheritor of all of God's promises, chalk and cheese, they're just so different. That's what's at stake. And so what the Lord is opening our eyes to see in Galatians chapter 3 today and our hearts to receive is how his grace brings about a real change in our relationship to the law and also to our Father, giving us this this new freedom and this new peace and this new joy in our faith in Jesus Christ. How might this bring about newness to you? 
in your walk with the Lord? And how might this bring this a new vitality and joy to God's church? I'm in the middle of a book at the moment. Here it is. Steve Brown. It's called A Scandalous Freedom, The Radical Nature of the Gospel. What a book, right? This guy actually wrote the foreword to uh, other good books that you might have read. Uh, coming, uh, Seeing God as Father, The Fullness of, Bib- of Sonship Explored by Reverend Dr. Noel Dew. He wrote the foreword of this and Noel actually handed me this book uh, and said, read it. And he said, you're going to go on a roller coaster with this thing. Of, and, and he was right. I, I, I shake in bed as I read it because I'm laughing and, and then all of a sudden I'm just so convicted uh, by what he's saying as well. It, it's, it's, an amazing, it's an amazing book. But in this book, he actually describes what can happen in a church in their relationship and not understanding the purpose and function of the law. He says, and he describes, and it's not the whole book, but he describes how Christians can become so obsessed with themselves, they can become so obsessed with their sins, they can become so obsessed with the sins of other people in the fellowship, right? What's going on in their lives? Right to the point where the faith of the church and the relationships in the church become about being good, rather than being free and forgiven through the gospel. That's not what Christianity is. It becomes about parading our good Christian character and measuring the Christian character of other people, how good or bad they've been. Imagine what kind of church that would be like to be a part of. A mission statement that says, we are called to be, uh, we, we are saved by grace to be miserable. We're saved by grace to be miserable and to judge each other and to have our finger pointed at each other and looking for faults in each other as we gather as God's people because hopefully the person sitting in front of you or beside you or behind you is worse than you, not as good a Christian, not, just, not exhibiting as good a Christian character as you are and so you'll feel so much better about yourself. Wouldn't mission in that church be a joy? It's miserable and that's how it's it's an absolute disaster because the beautiful music of the gospel, these Christians are so focused now on the law, they're not thinking about their inheritance, they're not thinking about their sonship, they're not thinking about their adoption, they're so focused on the law that they're miserable in their faith. The church is miserable, everyone's there and they look so sad. The joyful music of the gospel has just faded away and, and... and all they care about is the law exposing the sin. It's all about me, both in, in, in myself and in other people. And, and it's completely lost its joy instead of dancing. And the dancing, I know that can be controversial in the Lutheran church. Imagine Lutherans dancing. And does it get kind of just a bit of a sway or do we actually break out and dance? But dancing is a picture of freedom and joy in the gospel. Not a church that marches according to the law, obsessed with sin and character and being good and how committed everyone is to the cause. It would just make you miserable instead of looking at the reality of Jesus Christ and the inheritance of the saints. That's your inheritance. That's something to invite people to come and experience. 
That's something that you have, that you can reach out to the nations with joy and invite them to come and participate in and know. Not that you're going to come in and we're going to set you up with this rule book and we're going to judge what your character looks like every week. Wow. Paul today is relaying how you've not been called to march or parade your character before others as Christians, that being a Christian isn't a call to misery. Imagine that. Being a, call, being a Christian is not a call to misery, but to dance in the freedom of the spirit that you received through the proclamation of the gospel. That's what you received. So whether you're here today and you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, whether you're exploring what that might mean for your life or you're unsure, Paul in Galatians chapter 3 describes the journey, your journey. And it doesn't matter It's just the journey of faith, right? From captivity and imprisonment of sin to the freedom and release of grace and the adoption as children of God. He describes moving from that place in your life where the law exposes your sins and functions as a guardian or a tutor or a schoolmaster, always accusing you and showing you where the shortfalls are. You know what that's like. I don't have to preach that to you. You know that. You know what it's like to have a bad conscience. But that's what the law does. It's always highlighting where you've gone wrong. It's always uh, showing you what's expected and how you haven't measured up. It's never let, letting you out of its sight. It's always got you in its sight. Always. It never lets you go. It's always demonstrating that even when you think that you're in control, even when you think you're obedient, even when you think you're a great example of Christian character to the people who are sitting beside you and in front of you and behind you, and you think... I'm doing all right. Thank you very much. The law comes along and says there's always more expected of you. You haven't made it. No, you're not that awesome. But then the voice of Jesus breaks through. This is where Paul's going. Then the voice of Jesus It cuts through all the accusations and you realize he's speaking to me. Jesus is speaking to me. He's speaking to, to you. And the person beside you and behind you, in front of you, but he's speaking personally to you. And the Holy Spirit, as you hear the gospel, it shines the glory of God, his unfailing love for you. And and, and so you see the truth of Jesus' incarnation, the truth of his death, the truth of his resurrection, which penetrates and just floods your life. And there's a revelation, there's this unveiling that happens as you realize, wow, even when I thought I had it all together, even when I thought my character was just, you know, and the facade I put on at at church or wherever I was, and people thought I had it all together, I was actually a captive. I was actually imprisoned to the law. But now Jesus is speaking to me. Now I've had an encounter with with the living Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit is at work in me. I'm actually seeing, I didn't have it right at all. I was actually wrong. I was a prisoner and I thought I was free. But now in comes Jesus, in comes the Holy Spirit. The prison gates are thrown open and the law has reached its end. The law has reached its end. Something new has been birthed through the Holy Spirit. There's a change that has taken place in your relationship, in your status. 
It's just a description of someone coming to faith. You've gone from being a slave, a captive to the guardian, which is the law, to a free child of God who's been redeemed and brought back at a price. And as the hymn says, ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven. New status. You've been showered with every spiritual blessing, sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, clothed with Christ. So much so that you are now in perfect unity within the family of God. You're one family. That's what we're singing about. Friends, tell me why, oh why, would we ever want to stop dancing to grace and return to a place where we're examining each other's character and gossiping about each other and seeing ourselves apart from Jesus? Because that's what happens when that happens. Start to see ourselves apart from Jesus Christ and marching to the tune of misery again. This change in relationship actually changes everything. What the Lord does by his spirit is open your eyes to the gospel. And so now when you read or you hear the law of the Lord, you could be reading the Ten Commandments and you love it. You love it because you're no longer a slave to sin. You're no lo- your relationship's changed. You're not in the custody of the law any longer. So you read the commandments and you love it. You say, this is wonderful, Lord. All praise and glory be unto your name. I'll meditate on the law of the Lord. It brings joy to my heart. You'll sing with the psalmist. Because there's no accusation any longer. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. You love the Lord. You hear the word. You love it. You say, wow, the word of the Lord is perfect and glorious And in a new relationship through the gospel, you say, Amen, this is true. Amen, this is true. Even though I know this side of heaven, I cannot fulfill it perfectly in my own strength. Amen, this is beautiful and perfect and praiseworthy. And I know it and it's good. Even though I know I cannot, in my own strength, fulfill it perfectly. I want to though, Lord. I want to fill it because I love your will. And I find the truth in it is just so glorious. But but I can't, I can't do it on my own strength. But isn't it wonderful, you say? Because Jesus has. Jesus has. Jesus has fulfilled it perfectly. Jesus has fulfilled it flawlessly. Isn't grace, you think to yourself, isn't grace just the most amazing thing because the Father has clothed me in Jesus Christ. I live in him and he in me. My father isn't counting my sins against me any longer. I'm forgiven. I'm free from every accusation and condemnation in Christ Jesus. Imagine that. I'm in Christ and I'm not miserable at all. In fact, maybe I want to dance. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, and that means both men and women, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave. Say that again. So you are no longer a slave. 
but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Brothers and sisters, you may come from different countries. And you do, as I look out. You may come from different countries. You may come from different cultures. You may come from different families and different houses and different sized houses with different views on politics and money and education and all kinds of things. And you do. We know this. You may even come from backgrounds that have taught you to see other people as less or more important than yourself. With the new relationship that comes about by faith, through God's grace, we are all equally sons. You are all equally sons. You are all equally adopted into God's family by faith. You are all equally inheritors of the kingdom of God. You are all saved by grace through faith. You all have the same Father in heaven. You are all loved by God. You have all received every spiritual blessing and dwell in the same spiritual household. Even if you're here and you look around and you think to yourself, things look pretty much the same to me. They're actually not. That's not the case. The complete fulfillment is yet to come. And until then, we receive absolutely everything we have as God's children. We receive everything we need as God's children, including our gospel joy to dance if you so choose to dance. The Lord bless you and may the Lord give you joy in believing and joy in the gospel and joy in your dancing and may you not be miserable through faith in Jesus Christ. That is not where God has called you to be. He's given you joy and grace and adoption and you're part of God's family. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guard your hearts and keep them safe in Christ Jesus, our precious Lord and our precious Saviour. Amen.